Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Samantha Rochefort, video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm joined today by Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Developer Advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu, Democratic Candidate for Congress. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom and Linode. How are we doing? We're, we're uh, making career choices that are good for us. We are. I know a lot about the Hingham water plant than I did not know two hours ago. <laughs> like I know a lot more about that. It's very important, actually, Simone. Learning about your constituents. I have a complaint <laughs> to make about Boston to you. Oh, It is oh. that I went there last weekend, as you all know, and it was raining and snowing at the same time yep. in April. I thought it was actually good weather this week by Boston standards. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Never uh, speak to me. My skin by the time I left was dry as a freaking bone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I go to Sephora and just have like this balm that I'm constantly just smearing over my face because it's so horrible here. Don't live, I mean, do live in Boston because we're the finest state in America, but don't live here. So, <laughs> <laughs> only live in Breeze District. Right, right. All right. Hi, sorry, hi, Christina, how are you doing? You're so quiet. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 uh, I'm going to Brazil tomorrow. So this is oh. why we're recording um, Rocket early, and so I'm quiet because I'm got like a million things running through my head. I've got to do laundry, got to pack, got to make sure in all my stuff is charged. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And uh, make sure everything is charged. Um, I, I only realized today that I probably needed to get power converters, not converters, not mm. power converters, but like plug converters. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm excited, but I, I don't speak any Portuguese. And I don't really speak Spanish because um, I had a bad teacher in high school. So <laughs> also, that was a long time ago. So uh, I'm going to be relying a whole lot on the Google Translate app, um, but we'll be fine. I'm excited. You're going to be fine. I'm very jealous of you. It's going to be delightful. You're going to eat so much good food, and you're going to be in a place where no, is it is it fall there right now? No, it is hot. It's uh, hot. There. It's summer there right now. Yeah, it is because it, it, it's not. It's, it, it, it's like the you you do, you do cross the equator, but like they don't change hemispheres. If that makes sense. As we record this, it's 10.51 p.m. in Sao Paulo, and it's 69 degrees, and it's 66 degrees in Curitiba. So it's like it's like 80 degrees there. Like, Shut up and don't talk to me. I never want to hear from either of you again. Okay, <laughs> okay we're sorry. <laughs> Ship you know, is over. It's 70 in New York over. this weekend, so I, I, I'm oh. not complaining anymore. It's just Seriously. coming off Boston. Oh. I need to see a, a, just a little bit of sun. Oh. Just, you know, just can I have one? One sun, please? I'm, our state funds schools, you know, there's, there's legal pot here, uh, you know, like there are good things going on in Boston. All right. I accept it. Uh, one good thing that's not happening in Boston is Mark Zuckerberg testifying before the Senate about <laughs> Facebook's uh, data shenanigans is what I'll call them. So he had a, an incredibly long hearing today. He was put below the microscope. Uh, various people questioned him, and as pointed out by Bloomberg, it the the senators were prepared with initial questions, but what didn't happen was a sort of robust cross examination of Mark Zuckerberg for the Cambridge mm-hmm. Analytica drop disaster and the other uh, and and Facebook's general data policy because the senators were not necessarily as 
tech savvy and data savvy as they needed to be to yeah. respond to his answers. It was embarrassing. It, although I have to give a, a, a few senator shout outs. I think uh, Senator yep. Durbin was fantastic. Uh, yep. Senator Blumenthal was great. And Camilla Harris uh, was, was fantastic as well, Senator Harris. So I thought all three of them, those were just three standouts. There were some others that, that asked good questions too. But uh, Senator Durbin especially, I think he really kind of crystallized the yeah, issue perfectly. Um, Who does he represent? Um, uh, he's uh, Illinois. Okay. I had a, one of the the CNN story that I read said that Lindsey Graham actually did very well, and I did I not have a did. chance to watch yeah. the testimony. Actually, he but did. I really he, want to know about that? Well, no, he did. he did badly, and he did great. I mean, yeah. go ahead, Christina. Yeah, no, I would agree. That I mean, he did badly because he's Lindsey Graham. But no, he did. He did. Um, <laughs> but he did. He did press pretty hard. I mean, I'm sorry, but like he he yeah. he, he he did actually lean in a little bit. I mean, it also helps that. I believe like Ted Cruz was either right after him or like two people after him. And Ted Cruz was just, you know, Ted Cruz. He like, oh. you'd had that. We'd had this, this, this great high with, 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 um, 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 uh, 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 Durbin and with, um, uh, uh, Blumenthal and then Cruz has to come and cruise it all up. But no, but, but going back to Lindsey Graham, he, you know, he did actually like lean in a little bit, especially in some of the privacy, um, things and some of the terms of service things. So, um, he went harder than I was expecting him to. He had this this the worst moment I thought of the whole hearing where he's like, "Hi there, uh, Senator. You uh, came for the Republican Tech uh, Committee back in 2010. You promised Facebook followers be free. Uh, how do you do that? Are you still doing that?" And then Zuckerberg goes, "Senator, we sell ads. Yeah, and yeah. You're just like, oh my god. Oh that was- no." That was Hatch, I think. I, I actually oh, I have that quote copy pasted right wrong? in front of me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't think that was a Graham. model okay. Okay. in which okay. users don't pay for your service. I was and Zuckerberg to the story, so I must have misunderstood. Okay, well, then Hatch had the dumbest moment. But, uh, <sighs> I, but no, I thought like when he was really pressing him on the monopoly, like, yeah. look, if if Ford cars go out and kill people, you know, or I, I'm not happy with Ford, I can have like an, a different product. What is my alternative product at Facebook? And he just can't answer it. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. No, it really was. I mean, he had a moment. He was like, so do you think Facebook's a monopoly? And, and, and Mark Zuckerberg was like, I don't think so. And then like literally <laughs> the galley started laughing. <laughs> I mean, they were doing it in part because of the way Zuckerberg like answered the question um, which was sort of funny, but honestly, I think it was, I chose yeah. to read it as biz people being like, who's this guy fooling? You know what I mean? Like, because he was asked to list some of their competitors and, and it was interesting. He didn't even mention Snap or Twitter. He mentioned oh. the big tech giants. He mentioned, you know, Amazon, Facebook or a- Amazon, um, Microsoft, um, Apple, Google, um, Huh. He clear well. That's clearly where a. I think he'd like to position himself because there there are two things with this. One, um, the FAMG thing, which we've talked about before. You know, uh, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, uh, Microsoft, Google is kind of this big. You know, five conglomerates of the most important tech companies, and and also I, I believe that the top five. You know, uh, companies in in terms of valuation. But but anyway, um, so he would much rather be in leagues with the big. You know omnipotent technological technological players um, because they compete in, in areas um, that, that aren't core to Facebook's business and, and, and do better in some of those ways. And I think number two, by not mentioning those others, 
um, he can kind of, again, make the argument that he doesn't have a, a monopoly. Because if you were to compare Twitter and, and Facebook, there's not a comparison. If you were to compare, you know, Facebook and, and, and um, Snap, there's not a comparison, mm. you know, the, both in terms of user numbers and, and, and sheer size and valuation of the company is like not even close. So I think it, it suits him better to position his company as, well, we're, we're trying to keep up with, you know, the, with these other huge giants. Exactly. You know, a rival competition. I think you could be underestimating something here, Christina, something really obvious. Ping. Like Zuckerberg is aware that Ping is the truly greatest threat to Facebook ever. Yeah, that's true. It could be coming back. Ping ping and and Google Plus both, right? Like both of them are really what's going to happen. And and you know what? Um, Yammer is finally going to become a a network for more than just, yeah, no, I can't even pretend. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like, and, and that's the interesting thing is that when you look at those other companies that he listed, um, Google's the only one that, that really has, Anything close to like the data that Facebook has, precisely in terms of advertising, aspect. right? I mean, Amazon has a lot of data too, and so does Microsoft. But but I believe that you know they use them in different ways, and, and they don't sell it the same way. And 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 um, you know, Apple is is hardware software kind of integrated, and and so it's interesting because you know like Amazon and, and Microsoft and, and Google all have services businesses. Apple does too, of course. Facebook really doesn't have a services business unless you consider the service selling um, selling user data. <laughs> but yep. um, you know, but but it's not like they really have like a a, 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 a services add on. I mean, they have the Facebook for workplace thing, but that's not a big part of their business. But, but I think that's why he was trying to draw that comparison because it's much easier for him to stand next to the other $400 billion plus valuation companies than, you know, stand next to, to snap and Twitter that are like $15 billion, you know? So, so I have, I have two things I really have to say here. Um, did, did you did you all watch Zuckerberg's opening remarks? Because he said something that made me I literally had to walk away from the the television. It made me so angry. He was talking about Facebook taking credit for the Me Too movement. Whoa. And he said that oh my in God. the first few seconds. And I'm just like, you know, I understand that you've evolve since face face mash i get that but (laughs) it is so like the 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 gall of you know the guy that has been such an active block towards doing anything about uh revenge porn oh yeah Mm -hmm. like like taking credit for that in front of congress just like I, I wanted to call Marianne Franks up and just yell when that happened. The other thing, and this is from the New York Times article, this is this is what I really found frustrating because like we are the tech press, we cover this differently. The Verge covers this differently than say the New York Times does. And um, I'm going to bring a quote here. This is from Wall Street, and they were basically um, we had Wall Street that went up. Uh, uh, his performance won accolades on Wall Street. This is a different Mark Zuckerberg than the street was fearing, said Daniel Ives. Oh. It's a defining 48 hours that will determine the future of Facebook. And so far, he has passed with flying colors. This made me so angry it being at the top of the New York Times story because he's talking about this issue as f- theater. And this is a bigger question if our democracy is fundamentally going to be able to function five years from now. The issue 
to be really specific here, like let's get get into the brass tacks. If you have County X and you've got to find 20,000 voters there to game the electoral college system, you have this smarmy company that went out there and got like targeted them with the most racist, vile, inaccurate stuff that like went after all of their confirmation biases and got them to vote for Trump and didn't have to follow any of the rules that print television, uh, you know, radio, any traditional media does. So when you marry like big data and micro targeting and like no regulation, there's no way democracy can function here. Mm-hmm. So to have the times Talking about this as kabuki theater, Christina, it just made me so angry. Oh, there was another instance that annoyed me in the same Times article, like less, uh, I think, annoying than your very egregious example. But it was talking about Cory Booker and how he pressed uh, Zuckerberg decently hard. And that was, quote unquote, surprising because Zuckerberg like had previously donated money to a school when <laughs> Booker was mayor. And I'm like, no, that shouldn't be surprising. No, it we, shouldn't we be. Sh- he should be doing exactly what he's doing, which is holding him accountable regardless of what their previous relationship is. Why is that? Dis- why is that surprising? No, I, I agree. And I think that that's kind of disrespectful. I mean, look, I know that that <laughs> uh, no offense intended to Brie because she's going to she's running to change this. But there is a lot of corruption and, and, and politics. I get yeah. that. But yeah. like people are supposed to at least have like the put the pretense of, of being um, mm-hmm. objective. You know what I mean? And 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 let's also be clear: plenty of the the people who were were taking a lot of deep shots still probably wouldn't pass bills or or you know nope. without to, to to regulate Facebook. Let's be very clear on that. Um, yeah. So there, there are plenty of people who who would be very happy to uh, go after Mark Zuckerberg for you know to look good and and tough, but when it would actually come to to drafting legislation, would would not be down. So, but yeah, I agree with you. Like that's ridiculous. I, I do want to say like what my favorite moment of the whole thing was. I'm going to skip forward a little bit because there were good moments. Yeah. But I have to say, <laughs> Senator Kennedy, who I don't like uh, from Louisiana, um, he, you know, did his remarks weren't great. Uh, but he had the standout line, I believe, of the entire hearing, which is when he said, um, you know, Mr. Zuckerberg, I, you know, I just have to put it to you bluntly. Your user agreement sucks. <laughs> <laughs> And they, yeah, they trotted out the the huge, yeah. like dossier of oh, this of, of is this uh, what we get, and these are the ways that you cannot give us the data that and, we no. And, and he was asking, you know, how, how he was like, you know, he's like, have you read this? And he was like, no. He's like, do you know who wrote this? No. Do you know anything about this? No. You know, and and look, those that's fair. You're a CEO of a, of a huge company. You're not you're not going to know those intricacy intricate things, and your lawyers prepare that and and whatever. But but it was just it was really masterfully done. But I just thought that that when Kennedy made that remark, like I just, I was like, I was like clapping at my desk. I was like, Oh my God. Like, I cannot believe that we are living in a world where a sitting Senator says your user agreement sucks to Mark Zuckerberg, that this is like real life. I mean, that was just the most amazing thing. I loved it. I loved it. If they do, sorry, go on brief. No, 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 please, please, please do. I was going to say, if they do end up passing some kind of legislation restricting what Facebook can do, given, I guess, the the tenor of a lot of this questioning, what do we think is the best case scenario for for users if legislation is passed restricting what Facebook can do with data (sighs) or how Facebook gathers data? Well, I think the best thing to do is like even Mark Zuckerberg himself, he was talking about, um, 
you know, like passing this thing to give, um, like, like for my campaign right now, it's very convenient to me that I can, uh, put an ad out saying anything and target literally anyone. I mean, I'm using it for ethical things like, you know, net neutrality. And then we find you and say, Hey, Brianna, who cares about net neutrality? Want to give her a few dollars? Like that's ethical. But I actually thought about putting together like a, an ad this week that would say like, Brianna Wu is Satan and like make all of these ridiculous things and then make the point at the end, like, Hey, and by the way, there's no regulation here whatsoever. Anyone can be paying for this ad. (laughs) You can say anything. There's no regulation whatsoever and have that be the ad on Facebook. I think passing laws like that are a bare minimum. I also, um, yeah, I think we need to look at breaking up Facebook as a monopoly. I do. I think like it's just there's no one there that's even close to it. And I don't know how you would possibly do that in a way that wouldn't be worse for privacy. But yeah, maybe it's like you bar them from buying new companies when it comes out. I don't know. But yeah. something's got to be done. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I understand your perspective on that. I'm in general not a huge favor of breaking companies up just because – I mean, I understand the point. I think sometimes, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, AT&T in the 80s was a good example uh, of, of, of when to do that. Although the irony is, and, and this is kind of what I think would happen again, is that when, you know, um, uh, tenor changes in, in the government, what happens is a lot of times those monopolies just reform. You know, I mean, the baby bells basically reformed into two baby bells. One is AT&T, which is now trying to buy Time Warner, and one is Verizon. So... You, you split them into like 10 and then they became two and you really didn't stop anything, um, you know, fundamentally. Like, so, so sometimes I, I look at that. I'm like, well, well, how do you break up Facebook? Like, do you break it into messaging and photos and, and other stuff? And, and if you do that, I mean, what are you really accomplishing? Because if, even if you were to just have, make them have like their, their messaging stuff separate, isn't that in and of itself such a huge monopoly? that no one else can really compete. You see what I'm saying? Like Yeah, no, okay. So mm-hmm. so we'll agree. And the problem is if you if you break up telephone spectrum bandwidth, like you're not giving away access to massive amounts of data. So I, I will give you that. Okay, how about this? Would we all agree that making generally privacy issues and data collection more opt-in versus opt-out? Yeah. I think that should be the default. I no, think that's I, something I, we should. I, I agree with that. And I think what's going to help with that a lot is actually not anything that our government is doing, but GDPR in the European Union. Um, you know, if you're not familiar with that, listeners, um, you know, it, it is regulations they go into effect in in June, I think, it might might even be yep. May, but it's very soon that basically are going to require anybody who collects data on European customers and on and serves it on European websites have to treat it in, in a very different way, and it has to be much more transparent. And and the, the default tends to be opt in, and you know, obviously there are going to be ways that people can can you know game the system to you know make it so that people do that, you know, dark patterns and, and mm-hmm. Facebook you know great at that um but but that's that's going to be a good sign i think that the thing is is that once you already have the engineering thing work in place and i can say like working at a large company i know that um you know there are are dozens and dozens of teams you know at microsoft that are focused on on making sure that everything is gdpr compliant and and that things are ready for that and that that's been a goal for a long time i'm not saying anything secret that's Mm -hmm. you know how big companies work i think that once you already have those those things in place even if you don't like them it becomes easier to roll that sort of thing out across the board. So, um, but I agree with you. I mean, I think that we should make things opt in more than not. And I also feel like there should be a lot more transparency for users 
in knowing like what even those like giving you permission things do and, 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 and making Facebook kind of own up to that. Um, mm-hmm. But fundamentally, if we're being totally honest, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg was asked, has this impacted your users? Ha- have you seen people leave? Have you seen, you know, impact and activity? And he said, no. And I have no reason to not believe him. Um, oh, I believe him. And, yeah. and, and, and so I, I feel like no, no matter what happens, it's like, is that going to change anything? Like people are still going to be doing this and, and leaking this behavior and doing this stuff. And it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, um, and especially as as we noted, and as you as you both said at, at the top of this, you know, you have people, um, you know, in Congress who are um, who don't understand the technology at all. Mm-hmm. Who are, so I would I would love to like have an insight into what how how Europe came to came to uh, get the the law that they're instituting now, and I'm I'm Ooh. really happy, and I'm very. Don't start me now because we don't have time for it. But like I I do find that a very positive. Uh, positive development. Yep. And I would hope that our own government doesn't get bogged down in partisan uh, confusion and ignore things like that. Which we will. I know we've got an <sighs> yes. ad to do. Can I make one super yes, quick do. point before we move on? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think, Christina, the one thing I would add on top of that, I think this is really critical. Uh, Europe also has right to be forgotten laws. Yeah. And I think that's really important for minors. Uh, I'm going to be really honest with you. If the stuff, some of the things I thought and did when I was a teenager were on Facebook or Twitter at the time, I'm not sure I could be running for office today just because like, you know, like you're really, you're, you're in a developmental stage and that should not be held against you for your whole life. I believe we need right to be forgotten laws, not just for minors, but for adults. And I agree with many people that have called for there to be a Snapchat-like sunsetting of data. And I also think that you should be able to request and see all data that a company like Facebook has uh, collected on you. So I think those are some really basic things. It, it It's not going to harm Facebook's bottom line. It could do a lot to help this. So. Mm-hmm. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at $5 a month. And you'll be up and running with your own virtual server in the Linode cloud in under a minute. Linode offers industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, a 40-gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They now have 10 data centers spread across the world, which means you can serve your customers even quicker than before. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud, and everything is manageable via the command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and node balancers. And they also offer additional storage, too. Block storage is now out of beta, and it's available in Fremont and Newark. Lucky you, people in New Jersey, and what I assume is Seattle's... No, it can't be Seattle's Fremont. That's got to be another Fremont. Where's Fremont? California? Yes. California. That makes a lot more sense. That makes so much more sense. Like, just the one neighborhood of Seattle? No. Fremont, California. Anyway, Linode plans to expand their block storage to all data centers by June. And it's great for tasks like hosting large databases or running a mail server, operating a VPN, running Docker containers, hosting a private Git server, and so much more. And also, 
they're hiring right now. So if that is interesting to you, you can go to linode.com slash careers. Brianna just inhaled her own tongue. (laughs) Well, I was thinking about, it's, I was thinking how great it would be to stop doing politics and engineering (laughs) instead. No, you know, uh, so the Wees Nation Builder, that's our political site. And it went down for over 24 hours this week. So I was thinking about Linode and uh, just, (laughs) I was thinking about, companies that do a better job in having redundancies. So I think they would do better at that than Nation Builder did this week. Are you curious to learn about Linode's fantastic pricing options? I would love to know more about that. Simone I'd Dorsport. love to tell you about them, Brianna Wu. Their plans <laughs> start at just one gigabyte of RAM for only $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting at 16 gigabytes of RAM. And as a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com slash rocket, You'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get $20 towards any Linode plan. So on the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that's four free months. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose. Check it out. You can go to linode.com slash rocket. That is L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash rocket to learn more. Sign up. Take advantage of your $20 credit. Or if you don't go to that URL, the vanity URL, you can still use the promo code ROCKET2018 at checkout. Thank you so much, Linode, for supporting ROCKET and RelayFM. Yay! Yay! Let's talk about something spicy for about two minutes. Let's do it. New red iPhone 8 and 8 Plus reactions. Simone de Rochefort says, it's hot and I want it. You know, I bought a second iPhone 10 this week for call time because security is very important to me. And I mean, I could take my current black one back to the store and get a red one because they have the two week policy, but it's like your iPhone 10 never leaves the case because it's so breakable. Right. So but the, I don't, the, the front, yeah. the white front versus the black front. Yeah, because this, I mean, this, yeah, yeah, this is the eight. Yeah, because this is the eight and the eight front. plus. Yeah, like the, oh, this, okay. this isn't the yeah. ten. So, so it's oh, like is it not? No, it's okay. not the ten. Yeah. No. So last year they released um, the seven and the seven plus, the the project red version, um, and it had the white face, the same as the rose gold or 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 the gold or the silver. And uh, people were very upset that it didn't have the black face. I think uh, people like uh, Marcus Brownlee even like took them apart to to make the the, the proper red and black. Uh, I for one enjoy the white face. I, I didn't have a problem with it, but. Uh, I know people really like the black one better. And so clearly Apple listened because this year they uh, they updated it. Uh, much to, to Grant's chagrin, because I bought him the iPhone 7 Plus in um, uh, red for his birthday last year. Uh, he will not be getting an 8 Plus uh, oh. this year. Well, no, he doesn't need oh. a new phone. He he can he can have my hand-me-down 10 next year. And, and, and He's and lucky he'll... enough to be married to you. Like, he shouldn't <laughs> ask for more, well, right? And, 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 no. and like, honestly, yeah. <laughs> how many wives, like, buy their husbands... Um, you know, brand new, fully paid out phones. Yeah, seriously. For their birthday. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I just wish that this could have happened either a little earlier or that my phone could have broken a little later because, I mean, I do love my gold iPhone 8, but I could have had a red one. Although I guess, I mean, to your point, Brie, yeah, you're right. It's covered in a case. Well, Even no, I, I mean, Apple Care. the 10 is much more breakable than the 8. I, 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 yeah, I rolled with my seven naked the whole time. You'd go so nude on the eight. All I right, do. I would. There's your verdict. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if I'd go nude on the eight because it's a uh, it's all glass. It's it's not. Oh, as- that's right. They changed the back. Yeah, shameful phone. 
so fragile, so so heavy in my hand. Yes, so well, okay, beautiful the and other, lovely. The other big, it is, I love it. I love it a lot. The other uh, big thing this week is that TechCrunch uh, released their <laughs> exclusive look at Apple's uh, Mac Pro Labs. <laughs> and Brianna, you're laughing. I would love for you to sort of guide us through what this is all about. Well, it's just like, you know, last year... <laughs> Yeah, last year, it's like they come in, Apple's like, oh, look, we want you to know we're not abandoning the Mac Pro. We care about this machine. We haven't updated since, what, 2013? We care. We we, we really care. We really care. We're bringing this iMac Pro. We really care. And then TechCrunch's whole article this week is like, Oh, we missed our deadline. It's like it's still at least a year away. Um, oh. Yeah, well, well we, what, we should talk about how we did accidentally cause this to happen because, Christina, as you pointed out, you mentioned last week on the show that we were getting no Mac Pro news. Literally, <laughs> which, of course, I, I, absolutely. And and then literally the next day, like it was called, it's called the rocket effect. Like literally, I think maybe the day we published. Yeah, it was the day we published. Uh, was, <laughs> was, was, was when uh, Matthew Panzerino uh, published his exclusive story. And it was one of those things where I was just like, really? Um, so because because I had commented last week, I was like, you know, it was like a year ago that they told us this Mac Pro was coming. We haven't heard anything. So who knows what's even happening there? And then turns out that rather so last year they they uh apple had a, a round table with with like five different journalists this year it was it was only um uh Hanser. um and uh you know i kind of read this as a couple of ways one um i thought that the timing of this what i'm not going to say that it was um intentional but but i just think it was interesting that nab the the national association of broadcasters conference is happening right now and um even even in the article, you know, they kind of talk through, you know, workflows and, and, and settings and, and, and scenarios where people, you know, use Mac Pros. Video um, and, and graphic stuff is obviously a big part of that. And, um, you know, I think that, that at NAB is, is when you see Adobe and you see a lot of other companies kind of announcing big um, new things with cards, new things with cameras and other gear. And, and so I think it was interesting that um, Apple kind of preceded that, not at any way, but kind of said, hey, we do have a pro thing coming, um, perhaps as a way to kind of offset um, shops that might be have already converted from Final Cut to Premiere and are like, well, since we're mm-hmm. already using Premiere, we might as well just buy PCs. Um, I, but I thought that the other thing that was kind of interesting, my big takeaway was, it becomes very clear now in hindsight that when Apple had that roundtable last year, at least mm-hmm. this is how it appears to me, I don't know if anything had been done conclusively on that Mac Pro, other than maybe they had ideas and said, okay, we know we need to do something. We know it needs to be modular. But I don't think anything was actually in development. And the reason I say that is because if it were, I think that the project would be further along. Um, I almost feel like it was it was sometime probably early 2017 when when Apple kind of got the feedback and realized, okay, we have to go back to the drawing board and people are talking and we have to have, you know, we have to save face and invite, um, you know, five of our friendliest um, reporters uh, to um, talk to us and, and, and tell them the story and, and let them tell their readers and, and, and convince the, convince, you know, our pro community, we haven't given up on you. And, and, you know, the thing is with Apple speak, when they say, you know, sometime 2019, I mean, that could be the beginning of the year, ha, huh? um, or it could be December. I mean, the Mac, the Mac pro, the last one came out, it was announced at WWDC and it wasn't released, um, for another, uh, 
I think, you know, six months, you know, it was, it was December before it actually came out. So. What do you think about that timeline, Brie? Okay. I, I, we're about to get mega geeky here. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me up. So, so this is what gets me, Christine. It seems like we have two stories that are diametrically um, opposed about the future of the Mac. Yes. Uh, in one story, the story we're talking about right now, they're saying, look, we really care about pros uh, with this new Mac Pro coming, and uh, the focus is going to be on workflow. We're really thinking about this. It's going to be a great product. But there's another story that we talked about last week where Apple is talking about moving uh, over to its, you know, basically moving off Intel and moving to its own uh, architecture here, something that I think could work. But let's let's think about this with the future of the Mac Pro and who needs what. Um, so, Simone, do you do video, 4K video at Polygon yet? Uh, fortunately, no, because it's okay. terrible. Okay, but you, well, it, it's safe to say most people will eventually need that. Mac, yes. uh, iMac meets your needs for that, right? Like, that, that's probably going to be enough um, for, for most people. Photoshop iMac is going to meet their needs. Uh, you know, MacBook Pro is actually going to meet their needs. Um, you know, audio editing, photographers, like there's not a need for a professional machine. So who is left? Who is really going to need that much parallel processing? The answer is 3D people. And right now I can still run Maya, even though it's an old version on Mac. But if Apple is moving over to their proprietary architecture, the odds of them porting Nuke or 3DS Max or ZBrush or really or Unreal Engine or Unity maybe, but any of the tools we use are non-existent because the Mac is already around here and you're asking them to do all these pro apps with this entirely new architecture and you're talking about sacrificing boot camp on every Mac going forward. Right. So I don't think these two stories, it's like you've got to pick a future for for the Mac. Either it does look more like the iPad and we bring these pro apps and like Final Cut 10 will run on a Mac as well as it will run on an iPad or you're going to have this like professional high-grade workflow. But I don't think those two features are compatible. Yeah, I, I, I agree and I disagree. I feel like, based on what Merck Gurman um, kind of tweeted um, following um, the, 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 the TechCrunch report, he said, you know, that his rumor had said that, or that his report had said that they might have an ARM coprocessor on the, the next Mac Pro. And so that maybe would be how you would get around it. it I feel like you're in in effort kind of maintaining or, or asking developers to maintain two code bases. But in some ways, that's not that different. I mean, this is a bad example because it didn't work out or, you know, worked out. It was difficult to work out, but but it was not that different from, you know, what Microsoft did with with Windows 8 um, and, and, and Windows RT and, and then later Windows 10 and, and the Universal Windows platform, which was basically to say, okay, or Universal Windows Bridge, I guess. It was basically to say... Um, if you have existing, you know, like, you know, Win32 
uh, code, you can continue to package that and do that. But if you want things to be in the, the, the Microsoft store, or if you want them to run on these types of devices, then you're going to need to use a new format. And so you could, I could see the case be made where Apple would say, okay, we will continue to be binary compatible with, you know, x86 um, stuff, you know, um, for Mac OS, we'll work with that. Um, but if you, and, and, and we'll sell x86, you know, Macs for that purpose, but we're going to be pushing developers when they develop new things to use something that targets ARM so that it can might it might be more cross-platform or whatever. Uh, so you could kind of live in a world where, okay, we're not, it would be like a long tail. or be like saying, okay, we still obviously are selling the Mac Pro, we're selling the iMac Pro, we're selling some of these other machines. Um, and, you know, eventually there might be parity and, and people can move off of them, but we're not getting rid of that. So if you need those features, you can get it. Um, and then we'll have these ARM coprocessors so that they can natively run um, you know, without having to do emulation or whatever, um, you know, some of these new apps that we're, we're asking developers to do. Um, I, I think it would be messy, but I think that that's probably their best case scenario. Because I agree with you on the surface, those two stories seem to be at odds unless you, you, th- you see Apple as maybe taking an interesting kind of, you know, fundamental kind of switch in, into their approach to their lineup, which is to say they're going to be releasing, you know, a, a true... Um, iPad based laptop, you know, kind of like think like the Microsoft laptop, but like yeah. an iPad version of that that is mm. ARM processor and and that is, you know, really focused on that. Maybe that's the new MacBook Air, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, because because otherwise, I agree with you, it's going to be hard uh, for them to lose all of that. But I but I feel like everything that talking about, you know, how the Mac Pro based on kind of that preview of what they're planning for it and looking at the workflows. Apple Silicon is not good enough to compete with the Xeons and that sort of thing. Oh no, you know, and 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 even though you know a lot of video people are fine using um, non um, you know like uh, pro machines, a lot of a lot of people use the pros because if you are doing 4K stuff, even though the Mac Pro is not ideal, the Mac the iMac Pro is a lot better. As people get more and more of those workflows, I mean, that's been a big reason why people have moved to PCs because they can have better video cards and they can have better options to do that sort of stuff. And, yeah. like, and like you said, 3D stuff, I mean, VR especially. I mean, you know, Apple made a big deal about oh, VR at WWDC yeah, last joke. year. And, and it yeah. is a total joke on the Mac. It's like nobody can develop for it. Nobody can use it. And and it, and, and the, the, the tools for creation aren't there, which is sort of ironic since the Mac has always been considered like the creator's, you know, artist platform. But you can't do VR on it. So, mm-hmm. right, and you wouldn't be able to, you know, on on Apple's own hardware. So, yeah, I I, I agree. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. I I'm just gonna say, and I know we need to move on. So this, this is the last thing I say on this. I can imagine an engineering solution where that would work, Christina, but you're still gonna have the huge uh, performance hit of OpenGL. On those systems, you're still going to have less value for the dollar than Windows. Oh, and I agree. I don't disagree I just, at all. Yeah. And, and, and just to really tell you how hard it is to do 3D work on uh, a Mac right now, UVing. UVing is a fundamental tool that you have to do to uh, basically texture 3D space onto with 2D textures. So the only way I can get like a character and create like armor for her or put a texture on a box or whatever is I have to use this deprecated function that Mac stopped working on called X quartz. Yeah. And I have to buy this like 
the software that's developed by a guy that doesn't speak English and it's the worst. It's called Head SUV. And I have to get a USB key to plug it in because this one man is the only person creating this software that lets you UV well on Mac. And he's got to get paid for it. So there's a USB key lockout, which means if I wanted to use it on a modern Mac Pro, I'd have to do it through a dongle. <sighs> that is the state of US, of 3D stuff on Mac. And you would have to be bananas Mac obsessed like I am to do it. Um, and I just, I, I, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. The thing that really horrified me there was dongle. <laughs> Sorry, it, Simone. I didn't mean this, to scare you. Oh, but you did. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Pingdom. Pingdom is the company who offer uptime monitoring and web performance management. You are more familiar with Pingdom than you think. And it's not just because I've spoken of them before. It is because Pingdom are helping keep your favorite websites online. So Evernote, BuzzFeed, Netflix, Imager, if you've used any of those sites recently and not had any problems, you may have Pingdom to thank for that. Websites are very sophisticated now, and they have lots of frightening moving parts. You've got contact forms, e-commerce checkouts, you've got logins, search function, and loads more pieces all stuck together. Pingdom lets you check the availability of all of those functions. It's not just about getting a message when your entire site goes down. It's more like, hey, this form is broken. People can't check out and buy products. Uh, They care about the important interactions that people have on your website, not just whether the entire website is functioning, but whether the part people want to use is functioning. And they'll let you know when it's not working. It's very easy to get started with Pingdom. Uh, All Pingdom needs is the URL that you want to monitor, and they take care of the rest and you, my friends, can go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. That is, again, P-I-N-G-D-O-M.com slash RelayFM. And then when you sign up, use the offer code ROCKET at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Thank you, Pingdom, for your support of ROCKET and RelayFM. Yeah. Yeah. Love them. Keep that website running. Speaking of running, how soon should we expect to see Cardi B running for Congress? Because she's really <laughs> oh my, cool. Oh, my God. Um, have you guys listened to her album at all? I haven't listened to it yet. Okay, you, know you have me. to. It's so good. It's it's like literally I was listening to it all weekend and I was listening to it uh, yesterday and today, like on my commute to work. find it on Apple Music. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's so good. Uh, Invasion of Privacy is the name, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, obviously, Bodak Yellow was one of the biggest hits of, of, of uh, last year. And the album is just, it is good. It is so good. But uh, I, so A, everyone should listen to it. It's on Apple Music. It's on Spotify. It's, it's fantastic. But there's also this amazing interview profile with her um, in GQ uh, that Katie Weaver uh, did. I, I swear, like, between, like, the Tiffany Haddish profile and now the Cardi B one, like, Katie Weaver is, is, is about to join uh, the the, um, uh, the New York Times uh, style section, and um, she'll be a contributor to uh, the T magazine. And um, I, I can't wait to read what she does there, but she really, like... It, She's it, actually it, moving to style? Yeah. Corey, 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 Corey freaking who used to work here at Vox. Yeah who I love to death has been making so many smart decisions. Oh yeah. No, no. I mean, poaching Katie is like one of the smartest things ever. She was obviously like one of like 
the best writers ever to come out of Gawker. And and uh, one of the other best writers to come out of Gawker was Corey. They never worked together, but it's, it's just, you know, like, I think that's beautiful. But yeah, but I can't wait to see what she does for the Times. I don't think she'll be able to do some of the stuff she did at GQ. Uh, I don't think that the, the style section would run it, although who knows, maybe, maybe Corey would be able to convince uh, Salzberger to, to, you know, not back down. But um, yeah, um, the profile I thought was so good. So I want to upset my campaign by reading parts of this profile. Yeah, please, do, please do. Please, please upset them. Darn it. So, though she did not know it at the time, the aforementioned investments in her silhouette would prove the boost that would enable her to scale her first level of fame. She went fat for her because one, her boyfriend had cheated on her with a woman who per Cardi had a big fat and two, she'd observed that her colleagues with big made more money than she did stripping, regardless of dancing technique. Cardi claimed her in the universe in a basement apartment in Queens, where for $800, a woman injected her buttocks with filler. They don't numb your with anything she says. It was the craziest pain ever. I felt like I was going to pass out, and it leaks for like five days. I love her. Yeah, wow. I actually I did not like the opening wow. of this piece where uh, Katie Weaver is like describing Cardi B's body. Like I, I like hearing Cardi B talk about her own body, but I I'm not super into the description of her that it opens with. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, although I think that it's kind of central to the persona and the whole thing that she's been selling. I mean, I think I, I agree with you. Like, I don't mind Cardi B doing it, but but I feel like, I mean, because a lot of us know her from um um uh uh what was the VH1 uh, hip hop uh, love and hip hop and uh, I mean that's where I I knew her and a lot of us I, I at least before I heard Bodak Yellow I was like okay yeah good luck you know I really liked her and I liked her Instagram but I was like. You know, not thinking that she was going to become this the superstar, and then certainly like this triple threat, where like, you know, she's more than just a one hit wonder, and the album's really good. But but I think that her look is is a is a huge part of of who she is. I mean, even on, on SNL, she hosted SNL this week, and she we all knew she was pregnant because a cat um uh, an audience member at the Wendy Williams show confirmed it for us, and and Wendy like was like, how do you know? She's like. Because I saw her, uh, and it, 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 we'd kind of know, but she she did like this big, you know, bump baby bump reveal or whatever. Like I think her body is central to a lot of her messaging, but I, I I can respect that. I did think it was interesting though that she immediately went from describing her body to talking about how you know letting Cardi B like get nerdy about Talk how much about she loves presidents. presidents, yeah, about how much yeah. she loves FDR, yeah. and, and 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 you know sharing facts about Buchanan and stuff like that. Like that, I thought was like super cool. Civics lesson. I loved it. I love that part too. I, she is such a personality and such a talent, and I'm so happy that GQ is now auto-playing sound right in my ears. I'm so, <laughs> <laughs> as I scroll down this article to find quotes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm so happy that she is getting this relative, like, I, I would say mostly, at least from the profiles that I've seen, nuanced examination that appreciates how smart she is and how hardworking she is and how talented she is. Uh, and also these pictures are freaking gorgeous. Oh yeah, no, she looks amazing and good for Cardi B, man. Like I love it. I love it. Fellow Libra. Oh yeah. 
Any any other thoughts, Christina? Um, I would say that my favorite song on the album right now, like I, I kind of want it to become my ringtone because I'm still one of those people who um, has ringtones. Get up ten, but it's it's got so many curse words that I don't know. You know what? Screw it. I I I, I uh, the, there there's a, a K-pop band called uh, CL or, or singer. Her name is CL, and she has this great song called Hello. And that was my ringtone for a really long time. So yeah, screw it. I, uh, I I might just make a get up ten my my ringtone. Do it. I support you. I think Cardi B would probably also support you, but I don't want to put words in her mouth. Uh, my other favorite part of this was when she thought she saw Taylor Swift in the restaurant, yeah. and that might have been Carly. Clark. That was my favorite part too. <laughs> she, she, she was like afraid to like go up and, and know because Taylor Swift famously sent her flowers after Bodak Yellow um, uh, dethroned. Um, uh, Look what you made me do on Billboard, which was a nice, which was uh, as Katie Weaver said, the most Taylor Swift thing you could do, and it was. I mean, that is like only Taylor Swift would be both annoying but i love it some people hate it i i personally find it charming um to, I love to, that song. oh I mean, but but no but she only she would be the one who would like send someone who dethroned her like who you know kicked oh, right. her off the flowers um, no i think that's yeah, genuine that certainly I thought speaks it was graceful true. i agree i love it i'm saying just i know some people kind of roll their eyes but but um i love like cardi b like didn't seem to know what to do and like made her assistant go up and like check she's like it's not her and then and then katie's walking past her and's like it might have been Carly Claude. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But up close, definitely not Taylor Swift. Oh, gosh. Brianna, what are you doing this week? Uh, so, what am I doing? Um, I'm, I'm campaigning. Uh, New York Times is coming up for a story on Thursday, uh, which I'm excited about. I may be doing something with CBS next week we're looking at. Um, we're... Hiring some new staff uh, this week, which is exciting. Um, and honestly, like I gotta say this: like if you're pissed about the Zuckerberg thing today, like this Congress, the testimony today shows they are not going to change anything. So, you guys support candidates that are going to make a change. I hope you will go to supportbrianna.com and consider doing that. Other than that, honestly, Simon, I'm going to crash as soon as I turn off this podcast and go play Super Mario Advance in bed on my DS for like an hour before I sleep. That sounds perfect. It's going to be great. What are you up to? I'm going to Brazil. Oh. I'm going to Brazil. So, oh, yeah. Oh, get oh. Yeah, so I'm going to Brazil. I mean, here's what's the interesting thing. I'm trying to figure out like what I should take with me. And I was going to take my Switch, but I don't want to take a Switch and multiple laptops and a Kindle and all kinds of stuff. So I think I'm actually, once you said DS, I think I'm going to bring my 3DS. Yeah. Okay. What do you have on your 3ds to play? I mean, I can get Super Mario Advance. I could download a bunch of stuff, order up. There are a bunch of games I could get. All right. Have you played through the last Pokemon? Because it's really good. No, it I haven't. The best so, Pokemon. so yeah, it's extremely good. It is a oh my god. And we can trade Pokemon on the show because I have all of them. So fantastic. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. So okay, I specialized in Moon, so you may want to get Sun instead. Okay, okay so, fair okay. enough. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, but no, I'm going to be in Brazil for a week, and so we'll figure out when we're if, if I'm going to join you guys next week, if we or if we were um if, if we record a day later, or uh, if you guys go on without me. But um yeah, no um if any uh Rocket uh listeners out there are in Curitiba or Sao Paulo, send me a tweet. Maybe we can you can tell me places to go or or, or cool places to meet up or whatever. So. Let me know. I have to, can I tell you this, Christina? Sure. Like, I love your, I love the Microsoft developer channel so much on YouTube. And I yeah. just, you know how like it'll bring up videos like based on your viewing history. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite thing. 
was I turn on my TV to go through YouTube and like look at look at stuff and it's like Christine there it's like getting hit by a car <laughs> and how I survived and I'm like I do want to watch that content. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, no, that got a lot of clicks. Actually, I was like, yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't clickbait, but like the the week that I get hit by the car, I was like, yeah, screw it, I'm going to talk about this because it literally like just happened, and I was like recording the show. I was like, yeah. The thing is, you look amazing. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you. Still look amazing. <laughs> like, like most people, they wouldn't get hit by a bike and would look that gorgeous. So. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> but don't do it again. No, 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 no. I, I'm not. I'm not allowed to do it again. I know that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What am I? This week, uh, there's a new Overwatch event, so I'm making a bunch of videos about that, and I'm doing some follow-up from PAX, uh, which was really fun, and thank you if anyone's listening to this show who came out to see me at PAX. Thank oh. you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It was really cool. Um, oh, although, I guess nobody nobody asked me to buy a drink for them, so maybe there were no Rocket fans in the house. I don't oh, know. Sure. Or maybe they're just being respectful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I am still in the office at almost eleven p.m. on a Tuesday because of Overwatch. So everything else is very What's good, and I'm sure What's we'll the event? tomorrow. It's Retribution. It's uh, the new PVE event that they they do kind of an annual PVE thing oh, in really? spring called Uprising, and yeah, oh, that so fun. It's very fun. I liked it a lot. Uh, it's a, you know kind of horde mode kind of thing, four player yeah. co op. Yeah, my favorite part of Mass Effect is like four-player PVE, uh, you know, like Surviving Waves. I think I would love that if Overwatch made that a standard mode. That sounds amazing. I wish that they would. And the cool thing about this is that it's the only, these Uprising events are the only way that we really get story content within the Overwatch game because these are story-focused, whereas the main game weirdly is just like non-canon. I don't understand why it is that way. It's fine. Overwatch is weird. Um but yeah, so it's the story of the Black Watch mission that kind of went wrong. I love it's it. Very I good. love it. Yeah. So if you haven't seen uh, Ray Player One, Tracer is in it a lot. <laughs> like she has like four cameos. It's wow. Oh, yay. That makes me happy. Uh, Brianna, where can we find you online? Uh, Space Cacao on Twitter. When Christina, what about you? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Snapchats, et cetera. And you can find uh, my videos where I talk about getting hit by a bus and other things um, at uh, <laughs> youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. It's a good channel. It really is. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at doom quasar and at youtube.com slash polygon, where I'll be posting a tips guide for Overwatch's retribution event. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, If you like the show, please do remember to review it on Apple Podcasts, the thing that cool people do. And, of course, tell a friend to listen to it, especially if they want to, like, let out their feelings about Mark Zuckerberg's testimony. We have a lot of those. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.